0: I don't know about you, but this is kind of that awkward, you know, in between Christmas and New Year's. And, and for those of you who are, are counting down, uh, we're going to do this all over again in 360 days, okay? Uh, so there, I know that you, some of you are pretty passionate about Christmas. Guys, I hope that you got all your Christmas shopping done by now. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's an exciting time. And uh, we've been uh, sharing the last three weeks. Pastor Joel's been talking about a series called love came down. And so we're going to continue on with that. But I just want to encourage you uh, to engage in the message today. When I, when I used to speak to teenagers all the time, I always used to remind them and said, you know, this is not math class. This isn't English. You can talk back to this guy. So you can say things like, amen. You know, you can kind of elbow the person beside you and say, I think that's for you, right? How many know that, that a church that is alive is worth the drive? Can somebody say amen to that? And so we're gonna we're gonna look into uh, scripture this morning, and and just to recap just a little bit, uh, Pastor Joel has has you know on this series, love came down. He's talking about Jesus here and the birth of Jesus, and and uh, you know a lot of times the Christmas story uh, highlights Na- uh, Bethlehem, but uh, he talked about Jerusalem and. and and King Herod, and some of the crazy things that that he did out of insecurity and out of fear. And so we're going to pick this story up this morning at the next time Scripture talks about Jesus. And so Jesus, um, in in this passage that we're going to look at, he is now 12 years old. All right, so Pastor Joel covered the birth of Jesus. I'm going to highlight where Jesus is at at the age of 12. And Scripture doesn't talk about anything after that until he begins his ministry, so it's just a snapshot into the life of Jesus at such a young age, and so I'm going to ask you guys to turn in your Bibles to Luke 2 verse 40, and I'm going to read this to you, and we're just going to follow this story along, and, and I believe that God is going to speak to you guys today. I think that it's very important that when we come to church that we have a level of expectation. Amen? Amen. I believe that we need to have an expectation in our heart because the truth is, we all have questions in our life. We have things that we're trying to figure out, and I don't know about you, but I don't have all the answers. But what is exciting is that we get to open up this Word of God, and it will speak to your life and your very situation. And I believe that if you are here today, you can say in your heart this morning, say, God, I, I want you to speak to me. God, I want an answer to my question. God, I think that you need to leave here better than when you came. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? Amen. All right, so let's pick this story up in, in Luke. And I'm gonna read this, and you can kind of follow this along, but it says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started to go home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. I just want to stop for a moment and just speak to some young dads out here in the room this morning. All right? Never assume that your children are with your wife, okay? And, and, and never say, honey, I thought they were with you. Never say that, okay? If you don't know where they are and your wife comes in, here's what I do. I say, there's, where's the kids? Oh, we're just playing hide and seek. <laughs> do you, do you want to help me come find them? All right, so never just assume this stuff, okay? But when he didn't show up, they started looking for him among his relatives and his friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, the mother said to him, anytime you get addressed by son, you know, you better pay attention. Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you anywhere. Can some of you relate to this scene that's happening? But why do you need to search for me, Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. How many of you guys have ever had this experience where you were ever lost? You know, maybe as a child. How many have ever experienced that? It's kind of a a scary, frightening experience. You know, you never forget it, right? I can remember my first time with my, with my brothers, we were in Champlain Mall. And, uh, you know, we were probably five, six, seven years old. And that moment when it's like, okay, mom is gone, right? And you're scared, you're frantic, you're panicking. So, you know, I can remember going to what was, at the time, uh, it, it's Walmart now, I'm not sure what it was, but I can remember the only thing I knew to do was to go to the cashier right, and I can remember just like, I could barely get the words out, and then I just like broke down crying, I'm lost, right, and so I don't know what's worse, being lost or or hearing your name over the intercom, you know, you know, Pat, Mark, and Lee are lost, uh, can their parent please come and pick them up at checkout six, you know, and it was like, but you remember those things. Another little funny story as, as I was thinking about this is is uh, my mom used to go to this store called Fabricville. Any, any moms out there that make clothes? And, uh, you know, we grew up in the country, and so when we came to town, you know, she would spend a lot of time at this store getting everything that she needed, and so we would often play hide-and-seek in the store. You know, there's all these spools of fabric. It was amazing, right? Um, but, uh, you know, this kind of highlights one of the darker moments in my life as a child because uh, my mom would make us Clothes, okay, and and I don't know I don't know where this came from, but I remember she wanted to make me uh, this jogging suit for gym class. And so I can remember going to gym class in my mom's like homemade clothes. And so anyone, any you know kids that you've experienced this, um, maybe we can share some of these moments after the service. But I don't know why we didn't get you know bullied as a kid. But uh, anyway, we had a lot of fun. But there are moments in our lives. Where sometimes we're alone and we're scared and we're panicking, and we sometimes have the question as as Mary and Joseph did here. They're looking at each other, and there's this now what moment. Ever have that in life where you're like, now what do we do, right? You're looking at your spouse, and you're like, now what do we do? It, it's it's a it's a time where you know it, it can be uh, you know we can panic in life, not knowing the answers, not knowing where to go not knowing the direction of where we should follow these now what moments. And so I want us to look at this story because I believe there's something significant here. And so if we pick it back up at the start, it says that Jesus went with his parents to the Passover festival, okay? For some of you who may not be familiar with what the Passover was, It was a week-long festival where family and friends got together. And and Jews uh, they celebrated when they were released from Egypt. And so it's a celebratory event. A couple years ago, we were in Florida and we were staying in this neighborhood and and, and all these practicing, all these Jews came to the same neighborhood and they, they celebrated this week together. And there's kids playing at the park. There's all kinds of, you know, activity. It's, it's, a, it's a celebratory week that they, that they celebrate with family. And so Joseph and Mary would bring Jesus to this every year. But there's something different that takes place in this story. What's interesting to note is that they walked from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, which was 175 kilometers That's like walking from here to Fredericton, okay? Now, you guys think you walked far in the parking lot this morning, right? But they walked a long ways to come to this festival, and so they made sure it was important every year that they did this. But what's interesting is we look in verse 43. The story starts to unfold. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was with the other travelers. When they couldn't find him, they went back to search for him there. Now, can you just picture this just for a moment? Okay, this is real life. This is Mary and Joseph. All right, they've just celebrated this amazing time together as a family, right? They've enjoyed some food, some friends. How many of you guys ever go on vacation, and you're just like, you're so relaxed, life is good, and it's like you don't get home and in the door for like five minutes and stuff just hits you, right? Isn't that kind of the way life works? You know, and with, with teenagers, you know, we would go at these youth conferences and these amazing high times in our life Or God, I'm going to live my life for you, right? And then the next day they're just slammed and it's like, you know, we go from highs to lows so quickly. But here's Mary and Joseph. They've just had this amazing week. Now they're looking at each other, all right? And, and Mary's looking at them. I, I kind of see this story, you know, Mary's saying, Joseph, didn't you not realize that Jesus wasn't with us? Right? And Jesus is like, I was getting the donkey ready. You know, I was getting some water, getting him fed. You know, I, I, you know, you're kind of the helicopter parent, Mary. Like, why haven't you checked on him? Right? And Joseph's like, he's like the savior of the world. I'm sure God is going to protect him. And Mary's like, you're playing the savior of the world card again? (laughs) Right? And so Joseph's like, listen, you continue on traveling, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem. I'm going to get him. We'll bring him back. And Mary, I can just see it. She's looking at him. She's like, I don't trust you. He isn't with us now. I'm going with you, right? And so can you picture that walk, okay? They're traveling a day together, walking. I, I They weren't talking to each other. Do you guys picture this, right? But here's where the story gets interesting, okay? Here's where it starts because they're surprised at what they find out when they come back to Jerusalem. Three days later, it says that they found Jesus in the temple. Why is this significant? I think this is significant because Jesus is coming from a small town, Bethlehem. Now he's in Jerusalem. His parents are gone. But when they find him, he is in the temple. Now, I don't know about you guys if you can replay your life back to when you were the age of 12, okay? And you are like for the first time kind of in a a new environment, a new city. You've just been with your friends. Chances are you're probably not spending your time in church, right? You're checking out the parks and the playground and you're just doing stuff, right? And having fun. But Jesus and or sorry, Joseph and Mary are surprised to find Jesus in the temple. He is in church. Why is this significant? Because there is a realization, Jesus is now at the age of 12, and there is something on the inside of him that is stirring. And he is beginning to hear and feel and sense the call of God on his life, and he is drawn to the temple so that he can understand his purpose. Can I tell you, let me ask you this question, what is God's plan to save humanity? What is God's plan to save humanity? It's, it's who? It's Jesus, right? Do you know what Jesus' plan is to rescue humanity? It's the church. And can I remind you that church is not buildings and steeples, but it is faces and people. And Jesus is about to flip things upside down where people will no longer celebrate temples and statues and gods but he is going to bring a relationship and a connection with, the, with his heavenly father that people have never experienced before. <laughs> See, what you, what you don't understand is is that people to be in relationship with God, they had to go through a man. But Jesus came to earth to remove that so we could ha- be in a relationship with a father. And so he is about to bring a new ri- realization of what church is all about and church is about people a church is about a hospital where broken people looking for hope and answers can be rescued Jesus was all about people and that's why I get excited when we see some of the things that God has done in this last month in our church Because this church is not a building, but it's about people. And it's about you understanding that you have a call. You have been placed here for such a time as this. You didn't choose to show up in 2018, right? God placed you and positioned you here for a moment and for a season and for a time. And when we wake up as a people and realize that, we can do something great. And so... When we take up offerings and we respond to a need in a community, that is being the church. When we show up on Christmas Day so that nobody is alone on Christmas and we just care about people and have conversations and eat food together, can I tell you, that is what being the church is all about. When we get together in small groups and we serve together and we do life with one another. That is what church is all about. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. When I think about church, I think of the story in Matthew where Peter, where, where Jesus looks to his disciples and he asks them, who are people saying that I am? Jesus is wondering what people are thinking. And, and so They respond, they're like, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says what? Who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replies and he says, Your natural senses haven't haven't made you aware of this. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. And the next words that he says, Upon this rock I will build my church. What does that mean? That means when we get a revelation that God is our Father... And we are in relationship with him. And when our eyes become opened to the relationship, and all that we need is found in our Heavenly Father, we we will build the church upon that. We will build the church upon Jesus because Jesus is the one who has provided the way for us to access the Father. Can I hear somebody just say, amen? Amen? All right. So Jesus was in the temple. The story. Next says that he was among the teachers. He was sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Can I ask you today, who are you surrounding yourself with? And what are you listening to? I always say this, that that what you look at longest becomes strongest in your life. And what you listen to matters. And who you surround yourself is important. And my favorite quote of all time that I always say is, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And we are in a a time and age where we can get access to as much information as we want to. And it's time that we that we utilize the information that is given to us and we continue to grow. You see, there's a temptation out there to get comfortable. We live in a Western culture where we want comfort, do we not? Come on, somebody. We just want to put our feet up. Can I tell you that now is not the time to relax? Now is not the time to get comfortable. But we need to learn, we need to grow, and we need to develop. And, And one thing that that, that some of my, maybe my grade one teacher is here, and maybe some of my high school teachers, you will know that, um, you know, education and schooling was not my number one thing, okay? I'll, I'll just be honest. And so, I have to actually go back to, like, Bible school and start taking classes in January, okay? And that's kind of scary, you know? Um, there, there's that song, uh, you and me are never getting back together. What's that song go? That's kind of the relationship that I had with school. But you know what? I know that it's good for me. I know that I have to learn. I know that we have to grow. And I want to challenge you to surround yourself with people and be developing the gift that is on the inside of you. Are you guys still with me this morning? We're going to continue on. You see, it's not enough to know you have a gift. I talk to young people all the time and they say, you know, I just want to, I just want to use my gift. I want to sing. I want to speak. I want to, I want to start a business. Well, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm sleeping on my mom's couch still, right? Eating cereal, you know? It's like you got to do something with the gift. You got to do something. There was a price to pay. Jesus was learning and he was listening. He was learning and he was listening. To those around him and he was discovering his calling let's continue on with this story in verse 46 it says his parents didn't know what to think son his mother said to him why have you done this to us your father and i have been frantic searching for you everywhere These are going to be the first words that Jesus has ever spoken. Okay? Listen to this. He says, but why did you need to search for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. They didn't see, they didn't understand that Jesus was realizing his purpose and his calling as to why he was put on this earth. Listen to this. He was, he was reading the scriptures of the Old Testament and he was seeing prophecies that there would be a Messiah, there would become a Savior of the world, and it is dawning on him that he is the Savior of the world. How many think that that's you know, just kind of a little bit of a no pressure, right? He is becoming aware of the calling of God on his life and he is more importantly developing a relationship with his heavenly father, with his creator. Can I tell you when your creator becomes your father, when that realization that God created you put you here for a reason, but the same creator is your father, can I tell you that is a powerful realization? That will change your now what moments now what do we do to a little bit more of an attitude it's like okay what now right you have a little bit of a swagger a little bit of an attitude because your heavenly father is in your corner come on somebody there is nothing that you can't handle there is nothing that you can't do because your heavenly father will provide and sometimes a father You know, we have four amazing kids and sometimes a father takes on different roles. Sometimes I, you know, I hold my son or my daughter's hand and I walk with them. Listen to me, there will be some times in your life where you will need your heavenly father to walk with you. Just to comfort you and be by your side to never let you go. There will be moments in your life where you will need a father to pick you up when you just can't take it anymore and just love you and care for you. And there will be moments when, when he'll just put you in front of him and he'll say, you've got everything that you need. I am, I am behind you, but you go and you do this. And so Jesus is recognizing this relationship to his father God. Do you guys see that this morning? And, and I don't want you just to see it in this story. I want you to see yourself in this story. That you have a Heavenly Father and He cares for you. He loves you today. i got to try and, and bring this down. Um, did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? You see, it's not enough just to know about God. It's not enough just to know all about Him but we need to know him. We need to know his name. He was understanding his calling. Sometimes people look at me and they say, well, well, you're starting to work. You know, you you took a position at a church and they don't understand. This isn't a position. This is a calling of God on my life. And can I tell you that people are never going to understand The relationship that you have with your father and how it changes sometimes the course and direction and choices that you choose to live your life, people will not necessarily understand. But I believe when we walk out our calling, people will know without even saying it that, yeah, this person is doing what they need to do and there is a passion and a purpose that that people will recognize. Let's continue on. I'm just going to land with this last point another translation in scripture jesus reply was i must be about my father's business i must be about my father's business and and I, when i read that i fully feel like i understand that because i can remember being growing up in a family business and i can remember being you know six seven eight nine years old and just watching this thing and being a part and watching my father work so hard. And as I became older, I began to carry the responsibility and carry the weight of being about my father's business. But here's what's interesting about being about your father's business is yes, there's a responsibility, Yes, we've got to develop the gift that's on the inside of us. Yes, we have to do this. But, here's what we have. We have access, come on somebody, to all that the Father has for us. Jesus was understanding he had the weight, the responsibility of being the Savior of the world. But he was developing a relationship with his Heavenly Father Come on, somebody, that he had authority. All authority was given to him on this earth and this relationship of being about his father's business. And this morning, I want to challenge you guys here this morning that we as a people, we as a church, not just this church, need to be about our father's business The church in Canada, come on somebody, needs to rise up and be about the Father's business. For far too long, the church has been quiet, and I am sensing and I am hearing that God is moving in Atlantic Canada. We are hearing stories of churches that are being filled to capacity because people are looking for hope people are looking for answers and i believe the answer that we have is found in jesus it is found in a person it's not found in buildings and temples and steeples but it's as you and i as people recognize that god has given us authority that we can do things that are so beyond our own strength and so beyond our own natural abilities because we have a relationship with the Father. And so we can walk through now what moments, and we can walk through them together with our Father and we can look on the other side and say, Devil, what now? What now? You threw everything that you had. But Jesus has overcome everything. He has overcome everything. And so as I conclude, be in the church. Jesus was in the temple. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know your next step, just keep coming to church. If you remain faithful with just that one thing, God will lead you every step of the way. God often, almost always, uses people. Sometimes we're looking for an answer from heaven and it's the person sitting beside you. Come on, somebody. Stay in church. We have classes that will grow your faith, that you will understand what all of this means that are going to be starting in January surround yourself with people that's where we talk about small groups you can't do this thing alone i always say this we're better together we are better together there's only one thing that's worse than being alone and that's being with the wrong people okay choose the people around you and number three Ask God to open your eyes so that you will see your creator as your father. And when that realization happens, you are unstoppable. There is nothing that you can't handle. Do you believe that this morning? Can I hear you say amen? Can you guys stand to your feet? And my favorite song for the last few weeks we're going to sing it we 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 sang it just prior but i will build my life upon your love i want to remind somebody this morning that the call on your life is bigger than the fall the call on your life is bigger than any misstep or mismistake that you have made and when you read the scripture god tends to use the people that we always overlook and i want to challenge us as a church to accept the call to not get too comfortable that god wants to use a people to change this world and he wants to use you. Let's pray. God, I have had such a strong presence since I walked in here this morning. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do what only you can do, and that is speak to the hearts of every person here right in the place that they are at in this moment and i ask that you would show yourself so real to them that they would understand your love in a way they've never seen it and felt it before god i pray that that love of god would become so real that it would allow us to go far beyond what we can think. God, I pray that your love of God will flow through this church and through these people, God, that we will do things that we've only dreamed about. God, as we continue our relationship with our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.